There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, top of the morning to you, Wolfgang Klein, your host of a show about money called Hi-Fi Radio on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Jack Hartle, of course, is here for the cause this week, taking next week off again, but that's okay. Jack works hard and he deserves a little bit of time off. Indeed, well, folks, if you got kids, only one month to go until September. That's right. Boys and girls, if you're listening, you're not listening. It's too early in the morning, but uh, one more month and back to school. And as I know what many parents say to me, it's going to be great. But between now and then, we shall enjoy the month of August. Uh, the dog days of summer are upon us. Stock markets tend to be uh, weak because there's less activity and heightened geopolitical uh, rhetoric being thrown around. Of course, I'm referring to Donald Trump and trade talks uh, back and forth, back and forth with China. Uh, $200 billion, $300 billion, 10%, 25% tariffs. The, the rhetoric continues to fly. Uh, certainly having an effect on the Canadian dollar, I believe. Uh, maybe more crude, uh, perhaps. But we have Jeff Blanco in studio just to help us make some sense of the uh, recent activity in the Canadian dollar. Uh, welcome back, Jeff, Managing Director, Head of Foreign Exchange for Canaccord. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, what's your take on the Canadian dollar? Uh, at current price, is what, 76 and a half cents. Uh, is it cheap? Is it expensive? Is it going higher? Is it going lower? Is it sort of stuck in the uh, trading range uh, of that 76 cent level? Well, there's, there's been a lot going on in the world of currencies, but uh, if you look back, we're still in familiar ranges with a lot of the major currencies out there. So the euro has been around, you know, 116 to 117. Canadian dollar is a little bit stronger now than it has been in the past, but still ranges that we've seen in the last uh, several months. Um, right now, the Canadian dollar is trying to balance the, the NAFTA issues uh, alongside what is pretty decent growth and, uh, and the U.S. dollar moves in general. So you do, do you believe then that the Donald Trump is affecting the Canadian dollar with his rhetoric? Well, certainly the, the comments on trade have an impact. It has, a trade, uh, has an impact globally. So... Um, once again, last night, Trump increased the tariffs on China uh, China imports uh, by up to 25%, perhaps, maybe not. Well, that's uh, just it, perhaps, perhaps maybe perhaps, not. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Canada has been sort of left out in the cold on the on the North American discussion yeah, as yeah, well. Why right? is so, that? And again, uh, being left out in the cold, I would say at that point, the Canadian dollar still looks strong. It's actually resilient. It is uh, resilient. And I don't think people are paying much attention to that right now. So, so they're, it, I think they're underestimating the risk of, of what could happen on this, right? So it's been pretty resilient because I think we've had some really strong economic data coming right. out of, of Canada. So uh, the underlying economy remains resilient. Uh, our housing market has corrected. But uh, like I said, some of those fundamental economic indicators that, you know, economists look at and uh, that drive currency have been relatively strong for Canada. And in terms of then the Bank of Canada uh, and its impact on the Canadian dollar, uh, I can't even remember too clearly what the most recent comments were, but I'm going to say, you know, somewhat hawkish, uh, data dependent. Yeah, uh, data dependent, like everyone else. Like everyone else. Yeah. So The last meeting, they actually rose, right? Yeah. They, they rose another 25 basis points, but then they sort of did, it wasn't a one and done, but they said that uh, kind of wait and see approach. So so Canadian dollar, the U.S. CAD exchange rate is, is balancing between, like I said, the, the NAFTA issues right now, uh, pretty strong U.S. dollar in general, especially, you know, as it impacts currencies like China. Uh, the euro, euro, the pound, um, yen, yen, right? Things like that. So, and against great economic data that we've seen for the last, uh, you know, couple of weeks or three weeks, uh, definitely looking at rate hikes now for October 
for uh, Canada. I think about 80% of that's priced in at the moment. But in the grand scheme of things, um, uh, don't think we're going to be able to keep pace with the U.S. It's the same story I think I told the last time I was here. Uh, we do higher rates are going to have a bite on the over-indebted Canadian consumer. Correct. And that should impact into data going forward. But right now you got the positives of a market that's pretty short Canadian dollars in the face of great economic data. Uh, some tweets out of Trump that sort of implies that maybe he's not happy with the strength of the U.S. dollar. Uh, so I, I look at a move down up to about maybe 70, 77 and a half, 78 cents. Uh, but I still like the U.S. dollar uh, from a longer term perspective. Do you find that the currency has um, not uh, immunized itself from Trump's tweets, but I, I think the market sort of has because, you, you know, I agree. three months ago, six months ago, anytime Trump came out and said that he's going to slap on some tariffs, the, the market went down significantly. Now, uh, on Thursday, I guess it was, he came out, like you said, uh, 25% tariffs on China. I think Instead it was of 200 billion or something like that. Yeah, with and kids. the market was down 200 points. And then throughout the day, came back a little bit. We'll see how it and closed. Firmed, firmed yeah. up, yeah. Well, yeah. nothing really matters till it does, right? So, you know, people are tired of it, I think, and they get used to the comments and they're they're ignoring it. Uh, but one of, the, one of the interesting points about Trump's comments about China again is that the Chinese renminbi has, or the yuan, has appreciated about 6% in the last couple of months. So as an offset to a weakening currency, I think Trump's could say, okay, I'm going to up the tariffs then. If you're trying to, if you're going to weaken your currency to improve your trade position, then I'm just going to bump the tariffs up. So, so the Chinese currency actually went up. It, it's weakening. Oh, it's weakening. The U.S. dollar is going up. Yeah, the U.S. dollar is going up. Yeah, so, and that has been the theme. Again, Jack and I are along uh, the American stock market, so yeah. we, we know firsthand uh, the currency lift we are receiving. Uh, the, the Canadian market year-to-date is only up 1%. Right. So it's our U.S. positions that's making us money. Our growth account uh, is up, what, Jack, some 7.5% year-to-date. Uh, half of that is currency. Half of that is, of course, uh, We've had the growth. Appreciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so people are still looking at this. You know, We've harped on this a couple of times in the last year and a half, is the convergence on growth and rates trade again. So that's popping its way back up. In terms of the other central banks are going to have to start to hike or at least reduce their QE that they're doing. Uh, Japan, ECB, but that's not going to happen until the end of middle to end of 2019. Yeah. So in the meantime, the Feds look on pace to hike, you know, probably once a quarter between now and then. Well, let's talk about this a little bit more in detail after the break in terms of uh, the Canadian dollar and how that affects uh, purchasing habits, cars, boats cottages, uh, domestic versus international items. Uh, Pay some bills, get right back to you on Hi-Fi Radio. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. If I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you a house I would buy you a house And if I had a million Dollars. If I had a million dollars, buy you furniture for your house, maybe a nice Chesterfield or an Ottoman. <laughs> That'd be nice, I guess, eh? Nice little Chesterfield or an Ottoman. It's funny, uh, gents, uh, I was riding the elevator um, and at work, of course, and uh, I heard a bystanders in the elevator speak about uh, buying a piece of real estate in Toronto. I guess they bought a fixer-upper, the person that was speaking. And she said, well, you know, if you're going to buy a house in Toronto, you have to know what you're getting into. Uh, unless, of course, you had a million dollars. And I sort of <laughs> smile in that statement. The sad thing is, a million dollars does not buy you a house really in Toronto. Not so uh, much. Buy a sort of a condo, a nice, yeah. a pretty good condominium. Or a fancy uh, garage, maybe? I've, there was that one garage that actually sold. Do you catch that story? Uh, a garage actually sold conver- that was converted. Like a laneway to a, house. A yeah. laneway house. Yeah, that was that was quite the story. Uh, Wolfgang Klein here, Hi-Fi Radio. Of course, a show about money. Jack Hartle 
in for the cause, and uh, we have Jeff Blanco, uh, Managing Director at Canaccord. Uh, he's head of Foreign Exchange. Um, so let, let's take all this back down to Main Street now, because that's very, very important. Uh, Canadian dollar at 76 cents. Uh, the, the, the average Canadian, do you think they actually pay attention to the value of the Canadian dollar? And what goes through their mind? Like, I have a few notions to what goes through their mind in terms of the currency movement, because we get the odd phone call, i.e., I'm going to Florida. Right. What should I do? I'm going to Europe. What should I do? But there's a much bigger picture underlying the impact of a currency. And I, I'm not talking about imports of, of, of high-ticket items. Automobiles, uh, for example. You have a weak Canadian dollar. Um, are they are automobiles priced in U.S. dollars? I believe they are. Uh, a lot of the commodities that we produce here in Canada are certainly priced in U.S. dollars, right? And our costs, for the most part, here in Canada are in Canadian dollars. So it certainly does help our exporters to have a, you know, a weak loonie. Yep. I think the uh, the car thing is difficult because there's so much goes back and forth now between goods and production and here and there, and it's really hard to say. But I don't think that the average Canadian at current exchange rates is really surprised. This is levels that we've seen before and seem to be, you know, it's not a surprise. If we were to weaken further to 70 cents, maybe it bites in. And people still go to Florida. People still go to shopping in Buffalo. People still... It is, pretty, vacation, it is pretty so. funny, though, that they focus on that, that small ticket item, the uh, the vacation down to Florida. You know, I'm going to Florida. I need $5,000. Can right. you get me a great exchange rate? Right. Well, we'll give you a good market exchange rate within the context of the market. But, you know, uh, the important but, thing is all those other items that Wolfgang mentions, they are affected by the U.S. dollar because we import so much from the U.S. We trade a lot with them, obviously. Right. But then you look at that same individual's RSP. So they're asking us about their $5,000 Florida trip, but they may have an RSP of $500,000 in value, half of which is, is invested in right. the U.S. marketplace. So right. they're, 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 Or directly affected by it if it's not invested in it because we are so reliant on them. Big time. Uh, and the same thing with the, with the price of oil. Uh, that's one that Canadians, uh, they, 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 they complain about, ooh, oil's up three cents a liter. Uh, it's going to cost me another four bucks to fill up my SUV. Um, but they don't realize weak oil means weak Canada. Strong oil means strong Canada. So we should often hope, I believe, as Canadians for higher gasoline prices, correct? Yeah, well, I don't get quite get the gasoline prices because oil, when it was $110 a barrel, I don't think gas was this high. Correct. Right. But so, our, our Canadian dollars went stronger at the time. It was too. It yeah, was significantly it was, stronger. It was significantly right. stronger. Yeah. So, so, so what else What else in store then for the Canadian dollar and uh, why should Canadians uh, care or should they care, Jeff? I think they should prepare for a weaker Canadian dollar in general. As, as uh, Jack said earlier, like our exports depend upon it and that's an easy way to, to get growth. And, and one of the things the Bank of Canada used to look at um, I'm sure they still do. They just don't publish it as much anymore as our non-energy export numbers, which have been less than ideal for the last non-energy non-energy That's, exports, yeah. uh, which have been not very good for about three years now. And oh, Ontario uh, used to be, and we we forget this. Ontario was a manufacturing yeah, hub of yeah. Canada. The Golden Horseshoe yeah. it was all about trade and manufacturing beyond energy. And uh, uh, we all know that that's been on the decline. Those non-energy export numbers are not good, and they haven't been for a long time. And uh, you know. A, cheap, easy fix to that is a weaker Canadian dollar. So you have a weaker Canadian dollar, first thing that comes to my mind is real estate prices. Foreigners are able to buy more of our real estate because the currency is weaker, correct? Yeah, and I think there's still value here if you look on a global scale. And, and you look at the major thing that we have on the table right now, and you talk about trade and uh, how important it is with NAFTA, obviously. Uh, the U.S. is coming to us with a very strong hand. Canada is coming to the table with a very weak hand. Uh, we export, is it? 80%. Yeah, I was going to say 70, yeah. but it's probably 80% of our exports to the U.S. How important are they? And, you know, we're going to be coming away from that table at some point with probably not as good of a, a deal that we uh, had going in. 
There's no question so, we're so, coming away with the worst deal. Yeah, so I would expect the the Canadian dollar to go down on that no- yeah. news, even though uh, in the long term anyways, once it's resolved. And so uh, I guess the notion then, Jeff, in your mind, long term, Canadian dollar at par with the U.S. buck, when's that going to happen again, just for fun? Jeez, uh, maybe never. Maybe when oil's <laughs> 200 bucks a barrel again? Yeah, it, you know, it all depends on what happens with the U.S. economy and the big dollar, but uh, um, I can't see a situation. I can't see a situation in the foreseeable future where the U.S. dollar is that weak again. Yeah, interesting. So stronger U.S. buck. Well, yep. maybe you want to hang on to your Facebook shares and your Amazon <laughs> shares and uh, throw some value. Or buy shares something there. else. Or buy something <laughs> else, yeah. Uh, Jeff Blank, I want to wish you a great weekend. Thank you for joining us, talking to us about the Canadian dollar on Hi-Fi Radio. Well, coming up next, we're going to speak with our favorite technician, Ron Mazels, a technical analyst and founder and president of Phases and Cycles right after this. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back. It is Hi-Fi Radio, 640 in Toronto. Wolfgang Klein, your host. Jack Hartle, my right-hand man, and to help us make sense of it all. Uh, we got one of our technicians on, Ron Mizels. Uh He's a great, great guy. Also the founder of Phases and Cycles. Uh, reminds me of an old FM song, Phases Phasers on Stun. Cool tune. I should record you TS up with that track. Uh, but anyways, it is Hi-Fi Radio. Enough of the music. It's all about finance, I guess, this morning. Hey, uh, Ron, thanks for joining us. Uh, good to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. You're in Montreal. Uh, so, uh, well, Ron, you're a seasoned man. Um, you've been, you've worked through a few bull markets. You've worked through a few bear markets. And I guess you worked through some sideways markets as well. And I've, I've often have to remind myself that uh, markets tend to go up a third of the time, down a third of the time and sideways a third of the time, correct? That is pretty good, yes. Pretty good, yeah. Although um, the bull market is usually longer than the bearish part. It, it, it's very true, isn't it? Up escalator, down elevator, right? And you're, talk, you're talking about time. Yeah, yeah. time is very interesting because uh, point and figure charting. Um, do you do any point and figure charting yourself, uh, Ron? I, I have done. Uh, that, uh, that was my main tool all my life. Yeah, and so, so point and figure looks specifically at price and, and, and excludes time. Um, and it is the best tool for targeting. So uh, to find out how, what upside potential or downside potential there is in different stocks. So yeah. how, how do you use it for your uh, targeting there, Ron? How do I use it? Well, yeah. uh, we look at uh, the st- stocks that have actually uh, select usually stocks that hit a new 52-week high because that means that there's interest coming into the stock at a new price, haven't been there for 52 weeks, so there's something must be happening to the company. And then we look at the point figure chart and see if the th- upside target is sufficient enough to 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 uh, uh, to make a make a make a recommendation. I mean, if you got a fifteen dollars stock that likes to go into sixteen, who cares? But if a fifteen dollars stock looks like going to twenty five or thirty or something, then obviously it's a very interesting uh, idea, and we start following the stock and see how it behaves. Yep. Uh, so we're in the month of August, uh, dog days of summer, as we like to refer to them as a lot of political jargon and rhetoric being thrown around. Earnings are 
coming to a close. Earnings have been very good, uh, which is very important, folks, because if you own stock, you want your companies to make more money. That's right, more money each and every year because uh, share prices move in the direction of earnings. Uh, earnings go up, share prices go up, earnings go down. Share prices go down. Uh, again, very simple stuff, but stuff to understand. You know, when you put technician, technical work aside, buying good quality businesses with good, strong charts increases your odds of success. Correct, Ron? That is correct. And we're going through a period of time when there's a lot of political uh, influences, a lot of political news. Uh, newspapers, commentators are talking about tariffs and Trump and all kind of things. And here we are in the market. The Dow is at uh, 25,250 or thereabouts when we're talking, yep. speaking, and uh, it's it's very close to having uh, to its all-time high around mm-hmm. the, the 26,500. And uh, the, the market is today, as uh, as we speak, is is down, but uh, it is look like, it looks like that it's heading back up to the high and even to a higher level. As far as the Dow concerned, it would be very simple to see that going to 27,000, maybe 28,000 because we are still in a bull market, even though we are in the last stages of the bull market. To give you an example, if uh, you usually say to people, pretend that the market is like moving from Toronto, from Montreal to Toronto, well, I think we are in Oshawa. So uh, we're going to get to Toronto soon, but we're not there yet. We are in the schwa. Oh, boy. Uh, that's interesting. That's a very, very interesting statement. Um, tell me something. Some of your ideas. Let, let, let's talk about your success a little bit here, uh, Ron. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time. Um, so let's talk about some of the positions that you put on, uh, that you advise people put on, and then closed out. To make clients money, the, the, the brokers make money for the clients. We are in the business of providing information to clients, uh, to uh, brokers, so that they can uh, pick and choose and uh, find our ideas. Uh, and whenever we have a technical uh, breakout uh, somewhere, we want the, the broker to look at it on the fundamental basis, to look at the know your client basis, and to make sure that it is the right thing to tell to your client. But we have been in the business for, for quite a long time, and we have a track record that we would be delighted to send to anybody. It sends a, a question to me at ronmeisels at phases-cycle.com. That is phases-cycles.com. And uh, we can send them the, 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 the track record. Uh, we have had, uh, even, even uh, currently, we have some stocks on our recommended list that are up 10, 15 uh, percent from the purchase time. We're not day-by-day ideas. We're not, uh, we don't recommend trading ideas. We look for things that are good, like Loblaw uh, uh, in, in Canada, as a, for example, that it looks like it's on the verge of a breakout. Uh, among the in, um, uh, oil stocks, uh, we look at Ancana as being uh, one stock that is on the, not only at the verge of a breakout, it's actually, as of today, it is on a breakout. It's currently trading at 18.35, which is a, which is a t- price that it hasn't seen since 2015. So, Ron, with, with, with Ancana there, uh, 18.35, you're talking before uh, about you know setting targets. What is your target uh, on the breakout for Ancana? And Canna could be heading to the mid mid twenties at this stage. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, stay with us, Ron, if you don't mind. Uh, just going to uh, go into a commercial break and get right back with Ron Mazels of Phases and Cycles right after this. Money. Listen, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, money. more money talk. You're listening to Hi Fi Radio from Global News Radio, six forty Toronto. 
So I got to wonder, Jack, millennials, how many of them, when they hear that song, recognize the cash register? And the old cash register with the big buttons. You don't even remember my bet. You push these buttons. Oh, yeah, you make... pull the arm down or something like that. The cash register pops out for sure. Yeah, there was, there sure. was the arm on the right-hand side. You got to go a little so further they're... north uh, outside of Toronto, but they're still there. <laughs> they're still around. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the rotary phone, I guess. Eh? Uh, we have Ron <clears throat> Mizell's on the line. He's a market technician and with his own company called Phases and Cycles. Ron provides uh, investment advisors like Jack and I, uh, technical work, uh, helping us find additional ideas to incorporate into our portfolios. Uh, Ron's been involved in Bay Street and Wall Street for many, many decades, so he's a very seasoned individual. And so, you know, I'll tell you one thing, if there's any industry where uh, some gray hair uh, matters, it's in this industry. Experience really, really helps. Uh, Ron, let's talk about some of your U.S. ideas, because I'll tell you what uh, sort of caught my attention is you have a bunch of U.S. investment ideas, open ideas, um, and yet when it comes under the energy space, you're back into Canada. Uh, so a U.S. portfolio, but you have CNQ on the list, you have Incan on the list. I see Transocean for enough in Total. Um, but why back to Canada when, when you're looking towards some U.S. ideas for, for energy? Well, because uh, some of our clients uh, are in the States. Uh, I have some clients in England, and uh, they usually want to buy uh, things in the, in the States, in U.S. dollars. Uh, some, but some portfolio managers only deal in, in, in U.S. dollars. So we, we, we put the, if I have a good ideas like CNQ or Canadian Natural Resources, then we put it on both in the Canadian list and on the U.S. list. But we have one stock called National Oil Well Varco that is actually also just broken out as we speak. The stock is now trading at $47. Uh, been been up at 48 a couple of days ago, and it hasn't been $48 since 2015. These oil stocks are breaking out and start going higher. And of course, we have some some uh, numerous other uh, U.S. stocks uh, on the list. Uh, that are looking well, and uh, there is Abbott Laboratories, as I say, just uh, just had a good breakout. We have one stock that is we're just about to pu- publish on it today, so we already published it. So I'm not not front running. The stock name is Covanta Holding. The symbol is CVA, trading around 1740. And the report just left uh, our office, so everybody's already had it, and everybody can already see it. So I'm, I'm just telling you because it happened a few minutes ago. Yeah, so, the other thing with those big U.S. names or big Canadian names, uh, Suncor, C&Q, uh, the big oil names here in Canada, they are interlisted as well. So that you, is yeah, you can buy them in Canada or on the the U.S. exchanges. Um, yeah. So right. a couple a couple of points then for the week that was uh, the world has just witnessed its first trillion dollar company and that company is apple uh all-time high uh yeah. do you buy the stock here if it's a trillion yeah. dollars probably going higher we'll, we'll say that <laughs> yeah. the chart looks go? pretty good yeah how much higher can it go jack it's a trillion well, dollar company well it's breaking out it's uh it's it's it, you know there's there's an old saying in the market the trend is your friend the, the stock has turned around in 2016 it started to move around the 90 dollars now it's at near 200 and uh, it's the trend is your friend. You buy those stocks that are that are trending up and uh, put a little stop loss or mental stop loss somewhere along the way, so you don't want to see Apple back down uh, around one one ninety one eighty five or thereabouts. 
shouldn't be much lower than that, and uh, it's it's a stock. But the interesting thing to talk about Apple, talk about the Fang stock. Yes, I do want to talk about that, Fang stocks. Is that uh, the newspaper writers are all talking how the world is coming to an end among them, just because Twitter is having a problem or Facebook is having a problem, but that doesn't apply to all the stocks. So people should realize that when people say, "Oh, the Fang stocks are bad." You should look at all of them because they're not all the same. Correct. No, Amazon is near near its all-time high. It's off by maybe 2%, 3%. But let's talk then about Facebook. Uh, poor Zuckerberg, eh, Jack? Uh, Zuckerberg. This is from some fake news, by the way, folks. Okay, Wolfgang caught the fake news first. The, the, well, I, think it was the, I believe it was the Wall Street Journal uh, put out a headline that Jack sent me at night, and I, I yelled at Jack, said, don't shoot the messenger, and I apologize. But the headline was Zuckerberg lost $120 billion uh, as, as Facebook stock imploded. I, said, I should I, be so lucky. But, but it, it didn't happen because <laughs> the stock went down $120 billion, but it's not all held by Zuckerberg. For example, I own a couple of shares. So uh, Zuckerberg. He still had a pretty rough day. I think he he's had down a like 12, 12 or 14. He was only down $12 billion, only $12 billion for Zuckerberg. He gave a lot of money to charity, by the way, too. You look at, at a point in time, too, right? He lost $12 billion in one day, but I think the stock was even on the year. So um, he's still doing all right. So what would you do, you well, you know, what would you do with Facebook here, Ron? Would you, would you cut it? Cut you the something, lo- yeah, let me tell you something about the, the FANG stocks and the general stocks that have gone. Uh, up 100% or even over 100%. We are, as I said, we're in Oshawa. We're in the late stage of this bull market, even though we are still in a bull market and the likelihood that we are going to stay in the bull market towards the end of the year, maybe spilling into 19, 2019, depending maybe some, some of the midterm elections. But mm-hmm. the one thing that you know about bull market is that when you have the leaders the stock like a Facebook that started at 15, 2013 and got up to 2010, they are usually the ones that are going to be punished when the bull market is over. So this is the thing that people should keep in mind. Yeah, but, they, but again, it's a leader. And hence, when the generals fall, uh, what tends to happen, Jack? The, the, well, the, the, the soldiers are still marching. Marching. Look at Covanta that I just told you about. The generals could be falling, but that will bring yeah, down... It, it's typically the generals that fall last, so the the weaker hands That's fall my first. Point. And it's, uh, but right now you see good market breadth, so the the other participants are picking up the slack for the time being. I want, I want to close up one. Day, even to... days, even days when the market is down a hundred points or two hundred points in the Dow or, or twenty points in the S and P, I look at the list of the stock that make fifty-two week new highs. Mm-hmm. And there are hundreds of stocks that are making 52-week new highs, even on day when the Dow is down 200 points. That means that there's money going into the market. Somebody told me some statistics recently that said that money is, has, people have been cashing in on mutual funds in the state. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? People are nervous. They don't want to hold stock because they're nervous. And we're waiting for the point where everybody's going to join the market. Everybody's going to go, oh, I'm missing the market. I got to get in. Mofo. That's when I'm going to issue a sell signal. Uh, no, I agreed, agreed, agreed. My phone's not ringing off the hook. So uh, I do believe the bull market continues. Uh, perhaps when they invert the yield curves, choke off money supply, or perhaps for some other reason. But uh, it is it is game on. Uh, and you know something? Thank you for helping me with my game. Because uh, that's, you know, we, Jack and I do treat this as a game, and we do so. We tend to play it better we don't take it too seriously because that causes you to distort your perspective on things but to ron mazel's phases and cycles again if you're interested in his work uh ron mazel's m-e-i-s-e-l-s at phases 
www.wolfgangkline-cycles.com. If you forget it, you can always contact Wolfgang Klein at wolfgangkline.com. Google us. We're easy to find. Just and if you send me an email to that, you can, we can, you can see samples of our research, research and samples of our recommendations and where you're off. Again, Phases and Cycles, Ron Mazel's uh, a real treat and educational experience, as always, my good friend. Have yourself a good, have a good weekend. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right, folks, now we're going to get something to eat. A&W with Don Leslie, CFO, coming up right after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Life back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, let's all go to A&W. Food's more fun at A&W. We'll have a mug of root beer or maybe two or three. Make the perfect size from the burger family. Hey, let's all go to A&W. I can taste well, I was trying to get the bear on, but we had a little bit of fuzz, so we dug deeper into the uh, album track, shall I say, All right. um, for A&W. Yes, a good old radio jingle. I love radio jingles. I really do. I miss radio jingles. Uh, times change, I guess. Eh? Well, they, they, they actually work. That's the thing. Of course right? they, they work. They, they stick in your mind, and you know you retain them. You do indeed. Mm-hmm. I wish there were an Oscar Mayer wiener. <laughs> yep, indeed. Um Wolfgang Klein here, Hi-Fi Radio, uh, Jack Hartle in. Uh, got, uh, well, a company that we own and have had owned now for a couple of years on the line. It is, the company is A&W, and we have Don Leslie on the line. He's in Vancouver. He is the CFO of A&W, uh, the Royalty Income Fund, and uh, head of marketing, uh, Tom Newitt, uh, is on the line. Uh, gentlemen, uh, good morning and welcome to Hi-Fi Radio. Welcome back to the show as well. That's right. Good morning. Thanks. Good morning. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, A&W is a very, very interesting brand. Um, we own the stock. Uh, you're paying us a dividend of 5%. Stock's been uh, moving higher recently. It's been a, we bought the stock not great in terms of the level. We bought it sort of at these levels, and it, it, it drifted higher. It worked higher, which is good, then rolled over, and is now coming back. And uh, it became what Jack and I call an oil stock. It seems that you you got stuck a bit in that uh, bear market in oil. Uh, so some of your western provinces uh, saw same-store sales fall a little bit. But it looks like that's right in itself, and uh, your, your, your same-store sales up some 5%, 6%, I believe it was. Uh, Uh, 6.6% as a matter of fact, last quarter, according to the uh, research report on my desk here. But I want to go beyond that. Um, Jack came into the office the other day and said uh, how excited uh, Kate, his bride, was about the new, uh, what's the burger called? It's it's the Beyond Beyond Meat Burger. So so tell us the story, Jack, about the Beyond uh, Meat Burger uh, and and, and the the attractiveness to A&W for that. Yeah, so it's it's Beyond Meat Burger. So my, my wife's a vegetarian. We were driving home from the cottage probably three weeks ago. Um, just looking for a place to eat. Everything was so busy and so busy. And then she started talking about how she wanted to have this Beyond Meat burger. Um, we were driving through Barrie on our way towards Newmarket and um, couldn't find an A&W. So we ended up pulling into McDonald's and kids had a Happy Meal and we actually had Quarter Pounder. And as soon as we pulled out of the McDonald's, we drove by an A&W. It wasn't even 500 meters away. We just didn't see it. So uh, she was a little upset that she didn't have it. But uh, actually last night she had the Beyond Meat burger and it was actually quite a good meal. Our whole family actually enjoyed the burgers at the A&W last night. So, so again, let's take this a step further, Jack, because you said something very interesting to me. As a shareholder of A&W, uh, you said uh, she loved the experience. Yeah, And absolutely. so they've A&W pulled, what, 40 bucks out of your jeans? They did, yep. Um, and there's one actually at the end of our street up in Newmarket. So uh, we had a good experience last night with the Beyond Meat Burger, 
And I can guarantee you, because my wife makes a lot of decisions, especially when it comes to uh, groceries and, and feeding the family, um, we're going to be going back, not just for her, but for the whole family uh, over the next, you know, couple of years, I would imagine, as long as they keep that uh, item on the menu. You know, marketing is in my background, and I learned years ago that uh, wives control the purse strings. Uh, men may influence, but but women make 60 to 75% of the household purchase decisions. Uh, so congratulations, Don. Um, I'm going to have to say, because A&W is doing a lot of things right. Uh, you know, you're a Canadian company, so I, I, I see your television ads. Um, they, uh, they're hitting home. Um, but you, you, there's so much more to your story. And, and when I went on your website, I actually saw uh, everything about your story, about your iceberg lettuce, about your French's ketchup, um, about the, uh, uh, the, the type of farming. Um, so let's, let's talk about some of these highlights here. Let's maybe talk, start with French's mustard or French's ketchup. Um, why the switch to French's ketchup? And uh, as a result, what good are you doing Canada uh, by this decision? Well, great question, and uh, I wasn't sure if you're going to need to interview us. It sounds like you've got the story down pat it's, uh, uh, with the Beyond Meat and everything else that ENW uh, is doing right now. It's just been a fantastic story, and uh, and I recall when we switched over to um, uh, the French's ketchup, uh, I believe it was sometime last year or even before then, um, it was right around the time there's a big dispute going on in Leamington, Ontario, about the fact that uh, Heinz was pulling out, and uh, um, and for us, we had started our work, work previously, obviously with a company of our size. You just can't switch overnight, but uh, it was something that was important to us, and we saw that there was an opportunity to um, uh, both uh, support the Canadian supply side of things and Heinz. Uh, itself was uh, going through some challenges. It had some uh, new ownership and their supply wasn't quite working as well for, uh, for a system such as ours. And so it was a real positive step for us to, uh, to make that choice to, uh, to go to French's Ketchup. And uh, I, I can tell you our sales in the Leamington restaurant when we made that decision <laughs> went up quite, quite significantly. Is there something, I, I always thought myself as a connoisseur of ketchup, and uh, I actually stumbled across some French's ketchup uh, when I was up in Halliburton. And I hate to say it, I was not happy. Uh, I thought there was a huge difference between, I said, how dare them mess with my Heinz ketchup? I didn't really know the story about Leamington. I can see there's other business out there who made the same switch. Jack came yeah. in this morning, said he had the uh, French's ketchup and couldn't tell the difference. Well, I, uh, I had the so, meal, you know what? I had the meal last night. I know the story behind French's ketchup and obviously uh-huh. Heinz and the trade war that uh, Canada is in the middle of with the U.S. right now. And you actually almost, it's not they feel good as a Canadian, but you, you feel good that A&W is doing something positive for the Canadian market, not just servicing them with food, but obviously sourcing their uh, suppliers from there as well. Yeah. Well, I want to talk more then about your, your meat itself, cutting down consumption at Cargill. Uh, it's a very, very interesting piece here on your website. So I want, to share, I want you to share that with the audience a little bit. But let's run a few commercials. You know, maybe we're going to run some radio jingles. Uh, we already gave you a free jingle for yourselves, but we're going to run, let our other sponsors help support Hi-Fi Radio. So we're going to get right back with Don Leslie, uh, the CFO of A&W, and talk a little bit more about the goodness that AW has to offer right after this. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, let's all go to A&W. Food's more fun at A&W. We'll have a mug of root beer or maybe two or three. Make the perfect size from the burger family. Hey, let's all go to A&W. That's a happy song, isn't it? 
A and W making big moves. At A and W, we're proud to be the first and only national burger restaurant in Canada to serve beef raised without the use of hormones or steroids. That has been your uh, uh, positioner. I'm going to say the focus of your marketing for the last number of years. Plus the uh, who is that character in the? Is he one of the founders? That uh, no, no, that's uh, his name's Alan, our our manager, one of our managers and our spokesperson. He's uh, he's been around 16, 17 years now. It's uh, he's a great likable guy. I like Very him. Likable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's talk then more about cattle, the beef that you're selling to us, uh, and, and and what's different about it. Well, about uh, the beef itself, I mean, as you talk about steroid hormone-free, it goes back actually to a very strategic decision back in 2012 when our focus uh, for the brand had always been very much on boomers. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, as you, you've got some of the old jingles there back from the 50s and 60s. But for us, uh, you know, when we're looking at uh, who our guests were is, is for a lot of boomers, they... They didn't need the speed and convenience so much of a, of a quick service restaurant like ours, and it was really a younger demographic, a younger uh, generation, the millennials who were starting their careers, starting their families, it sounds like Jack is doing, and really needed the speed and convenience of, uh, of quick service. And, and for them, we then said, well, what's very important to a millennial? And it's the quality of the food, it's the source of the food, and it's those types of things that really moved us We've always been about great quality food, but taking it that next step uh, of uh, steroid hormone-free and antibiotic-free chicken, uh, you know, all our products are uh, as good a quality as you can get, and it's, um, it's really helped to uh, create a great uh, relationship now with, uh, with this millennial generation who sees and appreciates the work that we're doing yeah, you, but you see it. Like you, Jack, again, gave me a good example. I want you to share this with the audience, Jack, about the quote-unquote packaging when you got home. Okay. Tell, tell us about the packaging from A&W when you got home. Yeah, so on the website, we were doing research just for the interview uh, last night and going through your website, you talked about how you guys, you know, uh, use less waste. Obviously, you, you use recycled um, you know, not recycled well, products. Recycle water. They're recycling heat. They are, uh, they're, they're trying to move their tomatoes as short a distance as possible to reduce fossil fuel consumption. Yeah, but I want to talk about the, the packaging. Right. It's good. So, yeah, they're doing a lot of things when it, it comes to that, but it, it highlighted the fact that you guys are reducing waste. And I, I, at the end of our meal, I put everything in a bag, scrumpled it up, and it was, you know, half of what you'd expect from a, a fast food restaurant, which is a positive thing. And, and, and the, the last visit you had was to McDonald's. You always had twice the McDonald's. Twice as McGarbage. Twice as uh, McGarbage for McDonald's. <laughs> How about that? Um, we don't got a lot of time here, Jens, but I want to throw it over to you. What else do you want to tell the audience about A&W uh, and, or the investor about A&W? Well, I mean, I think you've touched on some of the great parts. I mean, for us, the quality of food has is, is been paramount for us, and certainly the move... Uh, uh, to bring beyond meat into the into our restaurants has really uh, opened us up I think to uh, some guests just like Jack's wife who would not have otherwise thought of going to ENW. Oh by the way, I'm gonna interrupt you. I have to interrupt you and give you a marking tip right now. There's one complaint from the Hartle family. What's the complaint, Jack? And it wasn't really a complaint, but it's something avoid. Um, oh, a, a thing that you could do. My son who's five years old, he said uh, he, he loves McDonald's, he loves the happy meals. Yeah. Um, he loves the toys. The trinkets. So, so Wolf, Wolf doesn't like the trinkets. He thinks it's it's landfill. I but, hate trinkets. Uh, five year olds. Um, 
you know, yeah, it doesn't yeah, taste fun. So I, I said maybe, maybe a little wooden it. trinket. I don't know if that would appease uh, uh, James, but a, a little wooden toy, maybe a little wooden horse. My, my daughter you know would like wooden horses. It really doesn't take much to uh, keep him happy. We just emptied just, out our cottage, and you know how many Tetley T little, I think it was Tetley T ornaments, those little ceramic thingies that yeah. my mother used to collect? Oh, my God, talk about but you know, I say, Ooh. you know what? A&W is, like we talked about, doing a lot of things on Tread. We are investors uh, in the company. They continue to grow their revenue, and I think it's because they're doing a lot of good things. Uh, and as shareholders, they continue to increase the dividend. And, um, you know, uh, share price has been very positive for us as a result, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you feeling confident in your numbers? Are you going to uh, see your same store sales continue to rise, you know, high single digit and uh, continue well, to support the, uh, the the royalty holder with what 3% of gross revenue comes to me? Which is a good that's thing. right. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we, we don't like to give a lot of forward looking, but if you just look in the in the past, we've always been very good at being able to grow same store sales over decades um and uh you know with all the innovation we've been doing lately we're we're confident that uh we'll be able to continue to attract uh new guests and and more visits from our existing guests so that's uh that that's a uh, very positive for the investors of the A&W Revenue Royalties Income Fund. Yeah, very good. Well, I love the I do love the A&W Root Beer. Of course, we never spoke much about that. Uh, but uh, I buy your little four packs. Not cheap, but my kids no. like them. I do like, and I do like the glass. Uh, I like drinking yeah. out of a long neck bottle. It, it's just something about it. it. You know, if you if you can't have the big Stein, well, the long neck bottle uh, yeah. is good too. Uh, hey, Tom, thanks for sending breakfast. Uh, it looks like it's just arriving. We appreciate that. Hi, Fi Radio. Ooh, we are hungry. A and W, my good friends, uh, Don. Leslie CFO, great job. Uh, you keep up the good work, and uh, we'll check back in with you soon, okay? I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Excellent. Good job, Tom, as well. Uh, I want to wish you all a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in to Hi-Fi Radio. Jack and I, well, I shall return next week. Jack, of course, will be off. I wish you a good one. You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.